It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, and next up in our 32 and 32 series is Zadarius Smith at number six. <laughs> Bo, you've been following along. Bo. Where do you have Zadarius Smith on your list? Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, this is the one of the first ones that, like, I'm way off with you guys. I got Zadarius Smith 13. 13, wow. I can't believe you guys have him this high. You think Zadarius Smith is the sixth most important do you, you want to hear the? <laughs> you, you think Zedari- hey, Earl funny. First of all, You guys, um, you guys haven't had the DC or the coach. Correct. So you think the defensive coordinator is one of the five most important people? Is is mind blowing to me? He is. Oh come on now. More more important. <laughs> players win games, Tyvis. You know that. You know what I'll say? Say say what you don't say. Last year. Yeah. He, Jim Schwartz is coming back with the same, pretty much the same team. No, pretty much the same team. The defensive line is completely different. They got three different, two, two different guys. The whole defensive line is different <laughs> two, pretty much, two. except for Miles Garrett. And Jordan Elliott. Hey, one, okay, oh, wow. one slept <laughs> oh, wow. Did he not start? Did, okay. Is he not a starter? All right. Tell okay, me. I they just want to know. The worst defensive line in football, G thinks they might be the best this year. I'd say they, they're up, they've made a major upgrade in talent. All I'm saying Plus is... Plus, you upgraded from John, John they, Johnson. They replaced to, uh, two dudes. That's all I'm saying. They didn't replace two. They, they two starters. No. There's, he's not even going to start. <laughs> yes. What are you talking about? <laughs> they're, they're the, the, second, the Washington game, he didn't start? Their second, third, fourth, and fifth best defensive linemen were all not on the team last year. And their best safety, Juan Thornhill, was not on the team last year. Those are pretty significant differences. Yes, I would agree. At the end of the day. And th- to be fair to Joe Woods, the whole linebacking core was hurt. Maybe this year they stay healthy. Hey, real, real, real quick. Yeah. Mary Kay just tweeted, and I quote, the Browns will add Michael Dunn and Mo Hurst back to the active roster after placing Jordan Kanasik and right, Alex Wright on the show. No harm, no foul. Thank you. I knew that. But th- that's good. That they back on the active roster? Okay, so then after, if that ball gets kicked off against the Cincinnati I, Bengals, listen, they lock in. I think Darius Smith is important to the Browns, certainly. Maybe I got him a little low at 13. But uh, I think six is crazy. Who do you have in front of him? Out of quick curiosity. Deshaun Watson. Okay, I, that's understandable. Miles Garrett. Okay. Mm-hmm. Amari Cooper. Okay. okay. Joel Batonio. Okay. Yeah. Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. The Batonio one. Yeah. Go ahead, though. Denzel Ward. Okay. Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> okay. Your boy, Jim Schwartz. Okay. 
So why are you acting that's, like it's so that's absurd that's a, that's a if you list. got them eighth on the list? That's a good list. I got Schwartz 10th. Oh, okay. That's a good list. Uh, Jedrick Wills. He's that's a left tackle. He may not be good, be, but it's yeah. an important position. I don't know. Kevin Stefanski, obviously. You got Batonio on there? And then I got your boy Elijah Moore ahead of him. Great. Good job. The list. And the only one I might I might move him ahead of is Juan Thornhill. I got him one spot behind Juan Thornhill. So so for I might flip flop that and put him twelve. So he Zadarius Smith is is obviously a great upgrade. Obviously he's gonna be important. we saw what he could do a little bit in the Kansas City Chiefs game. My thing is this. What, what can you expect to get from him in, in terms of production of sacks? Really, like we've we've seen guys get nine sacks. Wait a minute, let me we've ask. seen like so. Jadavion Clowney got nine. Was that his best year? He had nine. Nine. Okay, wait, well, then I don't expect nothing less. So you expect nine I, or better? Nine or better from Zadarius Smith. Um, do Darius Smith had ten last year? And playing, he played with some good defensive line last nine year. Nine or better. Um, tailed off at the end of the year. What, what do you expect him to get for a good season? I'm expecting him to be right around that number, nine, ten sacks, right? I, I, I mean, he's, he's not young. What do you think? He, you, what, you got six? Thirteen. Oh, okay. Hey, that's fine. Right. Nine or better for me. He okay. can't have Thir- nothing left now, than now nine. Now, thirteen, the reason I say I mean, thir- he is 31 years that's old. That's not the point. Listen, he's a productive guy, and if Miles Garrett is still demanding a triple team, it ain't no excuse. He, he's like no. there, there's no excuse. I, I, I think, and he can't even. I don't even think you can triple team Miles. I now. think expect him to get 13 sacks is a lot. I mean, that, oh, I'm that not, far off from 10. That's that. He was hurt last year. He though. was hurt. He was, no, he only missed one game. Zadarius. He but was 16 so, games. He, was, he had a little nagging injury. Yeah, he didn't the play game. as well second half of okay, the year. Okay, but. I, I think reason, he had most of his sacks in the first like eight nine weeks. The reason I say thirteen is, yeah. I just don't. They don't have. I keep saying it. They don't have any responsibilities, man. Like, and that still bothers. It's me. so crazy to me. Like, <laughs> they just me. like they got some responsibility. They, they, they better. It better be contained. That's it, what I know. Hey, one of them. One you of think them, he's more important to the Browns than Nick Chubb? No. no. Well, these guys put him ahead of Nick Chubb <laughs> on their list. No, we did. Nick I actually Chubb, can't buy that. Still, what was Nick Chubb on your list? Eight, yeah, two days ago. Eight. Who was Did le- all three of you have Zadarius <laughs> ahead of Nick Chubb? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. I did. <laughs> Anthony did. What's the argument for that? Earl did. I, st- I still think the Browns' offensive line is very good, and Nick Chubb's the best running back in football. I believe in Jerome Ford. If he was healthy, 16 games, I think Jerome Ford runs for 1,000-plus yards. The difference between Chubb and Jerome Ford is a monumental gap by based on just talent. But in this offense. Let me ask you this. Yes. Bigger gap. Nick Chubb and Ford, Zadarius Smith and Ogbo. Bigger gap between Chubb and Ford, but the positional value of defensive end is significantly more important than a running back. Well, Earl can't use that as an an argument. I'm telling you my answer. Because Earl blew off Jedrick Wills because he's not that good. And it's arguably the third most important position in football. Maybe second. I had Zadarius. I'll let you you have in one second. I had Zadarius eighth. Anthony had him fourth, and Earl had him sixth. Yeah, so we had him right in average, eight, six, four. Well, at least we know who, fourth. At least we know who the number one is, oh, who can consensus oh. number one is on everybody. I, I, I think I think Nick Chubb. What people don't get, Nick Chubb is the is, will be the difference whether the Browns win the Super Bowl or not. If Deshaun Watson oh, comes back and play, plays, and you look, see, no one wants to look at it like this. That's if a you fact. if you go if you go 
like if you look at a triumvirate of, of guys, yeah. so you want to look at a, a, a pass catcher, Wait a, minute. a running back, Wait. and a quarterback, right? So if you got the pass, if you got the quarterback, and you say Deshaun is back to a top five type yeah. guy, yeah, then you look you look to receiver. The, the you you could argue that uh, Amari Cooper is a top ten ish, eleven ish top receiver. And then <laughs> I don't agree with that, but all right. But, but you know, according to the man, the only thing the shit about the man, Amari Cooper is between fifteen and twenty. He's, okay, he's the only thing, 10. the only reason Amari Cooper is not top ten is because he don't have that burst anymore. Right. That's if he yeah. if his yak was still good. Right, but he that's had all that, part of it. I mean, yes, he's a very good receiver. <laughs> let, let me tell you something. Let me. Can you put the camera on me here for a second? I'm actually gonna look at the camera, which I never do. <laughs> Talk to my man Nick Chubb, my favorite player on the Cleveland Browns. Nicholas Jamal Chubb. Nicholas Jamal, let me tell you something, man. You got the backing of the three panelists here. We love you, and we show you the proper respect. But our behind-the-scenes team of Mike, Anthony, and Earl, they have insulted you. They have said that you, arguably the greatest back in the history of Cleveland Browns football, and yes, I said the greatest back in the history of Cleveland Browns football, when it's all said and done. That's a little... Certainly the greatest since Jim Brown. All right, there we go. They have said that a 31-year-old good, not great pass rusher is more important to the team than you. I stand by. How it. insulting is that? That's because they don't. People. I'm gonna let Earl chime in. Real you know how Earl. many all? How many times has Darius Smith been all pro? A couple things on this. First Wait, and foremost, my question. Couple, couple things on this. Couple things on this. First, first things first. First things first. First things first. No, no, Nick, no. I have my nothing question. but Nick Chubb for uh, no, nothing no, but love for Nick Chubb. Come on, answer my question first. First things first. I have nothing but love for Nick Chubb. Nick no, no, Chubb. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. I have a question. I asked you a question. What's the question? He made All Pro once. He's never been All Pro. What are you yeah, talking? I'm looking about? at it right here. He was second Pro All Team in 2020. Second Get your facts team right. doesn't That's count. Yeah, 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 you say he made All Pro? Yes, he damn did. First team All Pro. First team. If I was second Team All Pro, you and you respect me and call me All Pro player, Tyvis Powell. Hey, you know what's funny? Guess who has the exact same amount of All-Pro selections as Nick Chubb? Go ahead. His name's Darius Smith. Guess who's never made a first-team All-Pro team? Talk to him. Nick Chubb or Darius Smith. So get him. Get your damn facts right, him. boy. Hey, boy, you didn't understand the assignment. I like that. The assignment, like was, that. Not, the assignment was not ranked the 32 most important positions on the Browns. It was, na- yes, it it was, was. ranked the 32 most important players on the Browns. You just, you just said the same thing. Let me rephrase what Earl was trying to say. No, I said positions. He he's saying because left tackle is an important position, that was not our assignment. No, yes, it was. I know what you were trying to say. You just said the same thing twice. Yes. No. You said no, the assignment he wasn't a ranked the 32 what, most important what position. What was, was the, the exact question, position. Mike? Say it again. It was the 32 most important people in the Browns organization for the upcoming okay. season. And I stand by the There's fact, no just like my colleagues back here, that's Darius Smith. Having two elite pass rushers. Y'all all are wrong. It should have been Andrew Barry. Most important what? guy. Tyvis, More what? Tyvis. Most important person. Now? Now that the season has started? What's yeah, because it was his job to get everybody in. Well, we're talking about for the season. Like, once we're in the season. I mean, he got to make, well, let he gotta make cuts. Let Earl get his point. I didn't let him get his point because I wanted him to answer. No, my, I mean, my whole point is nothing but love for Nick Tubb. Actually, fun story. My cousin that's getting married, the wedding I'm officiating, mm-hmm. Nick Tubb actually stays across the street from the fiance's mother and gave my baby cousin an autographed picture for his first birthday. So it's nothing but love for Nick Chubb. Are you going to officiate the wedding in a Nick Chubb jersey? Uh, I'll let you borrow mine. Let's do it. do that. Let's do it. But no, Zadarius Smith is very important. Don't you do it. I mean, the Browns 
suffered on the defensive line. They didn't have no pass rush. And you put somebody like that opposite of Miles Garrett, it only makes Miles Garrett's job easier. And I think he'll have a great season. He plays, he's more important to the Browns than Nick Tubb, especially since we sit here talking about Deshaun Watson having the keys to the offense. Ooh. <laughs> Darius Smith, and let me add on See to that. See that, 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 I don't know about that. Argument argument there. Point. there was no legit argument there. <laughs> listen, Earl is absolutely saying the right thing. No, Earl is wrong. No, no Earl is not wrong. <laughs> he might listen, be a little. the most uh, impossible thing to stop in the NFL is a dominant pass rusher. We've seen Miles Garrett has been phenomenal. Darius Smith of is not pace. a dominant pass rusher. Miles Garrett's a dominant pass rusher. So Darius Smith's a good pass rusher. He's not an elite player. But he's a guy that you can't ignore like you could the last couple Bro, seasons listen, with listen. the pass rushers opposite of my, Miles my, Garrett. Let's, let's, just, let's just bring this down. Let, let's just be real about this. <laughs> this listen, Nick Chubb, is it, when you say you're the best at your position, let's That's just right. get the position out the way. Like when there is a he, Nick Chubb is an offensive force. He averages five point three a carry. That's right? ridiculous. You can't tackle him, right? That's he, ridiculous. The first guy is missing. The second guy might get ran over. Nick Chubb can catch the football. Nick Chubb is hard to tackle. Period. Point blank. And if you've got Deshaun Watson, who's a top five quarterback, who's throwing the ball, putting the ball on the money, when the game is in the balance. The Browns are the only team that can say we have a top five quarterback and a top five running back that can get the job done. If you say, who do you want, Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey or, or John Watson and, 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 and Nick Chubb, give me Nick Chubb. <clears throat> the Eagles don't got a running game like that. We, the Browns are the only team that's lined up that can say, listen, the reason y'all can't beat Patrick Mahomes is you keep giving them the ball back. We gonna put points on the board and then keep the ball, and that's how we gonna win the Super Browns, Bowl. Browns win like four games without Nick Chubb last year, in my opinion. Last um, year, which is crazy and exceptional. <laughs> last year, there's so few running backs that make an impact, and Nick Chubb's one of the few guys that do. I, I got a question for G. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right about everything you just said about Nick Chubb, but how has that benefited to the Browns' overall success? Well, that, that, you could say it, it hasn't benefited at all. But would well, you agree? Would you, would you agree if you would have had a guy like Zadarius Smith playing opposite of Miles Garrett? With the, if you would have had this defense, this defensive line, it, it would have garnished more success. You can't even say with this up doing so. And, wait a minute. In twenty one guy in twenty twenty when they went to the playoffs, where we was it because of Baker or was it because of Nick Chubb more so? Which it was one? it was Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Okay. Yeah. I, I rest my case. I, I, Not Baker deserves his credit. Now, now listen, I, yeah. I was to, just to asking me, a question. To me, I play defensive end. And to be truthful, defensive ends don't make enough of an impact on every single play. When you got a guy that can take the ball and score, like uh, there had, that's why there, there's only been one person that won the player, the MVP, as a defensive player. It's almost impossible. Like we've seen people get 20 sacks, right? We, 20 sacks. A 22, what is the record? 23, 20, what is it? 23 and a half. 23, 23 and a half sacks. You 22. got 23 and a half sacks, and they were not in the voting. Michael Strahan wasn't in the vote that you're, year. You're, not, no. you're, you're no. never realistically no. in the and, voting. And guys, just think of it this way. If if Zedaria Smith gets hurt, I got Ogbo. And we still roll. He's a pretty decent player. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You were sitting here ripping us apart for even having him on the list. You were talking about a whole bunch of guys that's going to go back and look. Hey, 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 we're all going to listen. Let me check this. That's proof. Let me check the list. That's a lie. I got Ogbo 24th on my list. You're a liar. The Browns have re signed Kellen Mond to their practice. Oh, who gives a shit? We're in the middle of an argument. We're in the middle of an argument. If Kellen Mond plays the season's over. Over. Earl, <laughs> Earl, would you rather have Darius hurt this year or Nick Chubb? If all, if one of those guys got hurt for the year, which would concern you more? You out of here. We, you did that. Right which one would concern me more? If right. Nick Chubb went down, that obviously would concern me more. We don't so have then no how do you have that, that, That's the end of the debate. Wait, wait, what's the, what did he, he say? He just admitted that Nick Chubb would be a bigger loss. You're huge. So oh, how, well, yeah, that's the end of the so debate. That's the end of the debate. <laughs> that's the end how of could you put Jadarius? Uh, you going more? backwards. You said, I'm talking about Agbo. I done moved on. You literally said Agbo was not that important. You tried to rip me and G-Head off and give him his kudos. Because I put now him 24th. all of a sudden, if Jadarius Smith got hurt, you got Agbo. I don't even know what to tell you. Are y'all on strike on the water? Uh, no, don't strike on us. I mean, I no, I get, get time some water. No, get no, no, no. I had Earl, it last week. The argument is over. I love you. That's I a know new man right now. That's a whole new pack back there, though, because that's... you just admitted that Nick Chubb would be a bigger loss. Okay, he would be. So then, how do you put? But that wasn't a question. Rank the players based on who would be the bigger loss. That was not the assignment. Okay. I the see. question is who's more important. What difference if, does it make? If Nick Chubb is getting getting hurt is a bigger loss, then he's more important. No. What, what difference does it make? They all everybody's entitled to their own opinions. That's true. Thomas, <laughs> that's the model we had on this show. We did the most boring show in the history of the Yeah, YouTube. really? Uh, yeah, oh, Thomas, come okay. on, man. You nice could have came opinion. back stronger than that, bro. Things would be pretty freaking boring around here if we were agreeing on everything. Saying, oh, well, that's a great opinion. Oh, I don't want to argue with you. <laughs> you can't handle the argument. Get the hell out of the kitchen. <laughs> Earl can handle himself. He's going back at me. I give him his kudos. He's mad now because I beat the wasn't, argument. It's not just Earl. It was a consensus. Don't so, y'all? But those y'all... two knuckleheads haven't just being smart and shutting up. Wait a minute. How is it? How no, do y'all Earl, I wasn't factor... calling you a knucklehead. I said Anthony He's calling and Mike me an Anthony a knucklehead because we use facts. So if y'all got three what votes, they're both have? one-time all pros. Well, Neither's ever made first team All Pro, which is, uh, by the way, which a is, damn disgrace to Nick Chubb because he deserves to be an All Team First Pro. <laughs> Nick Chubb on a Hall of Fame track, yes or no? Fact. Is the Zedarius Smith on a Hall of Fame track? If he takes Tom Brady's Play Forever juice, yes. So was Nick Chubb the only? Nick Chubb was was. You said Nick Chubb only was All Pro one time. That's period? insane. Yeah, All Pro second team last year was the first time he made That's All Pro. That's insane. According to Pro How Football Reference. Wow. That's now listen, I'll, I'll but that was insane. a good job out of you guys. Are you? I don't know if it was Mike or Earl that got that. You got me on that one. I, gave I that. did get you on that one. So, Nick Chubb, by the way, according to Pro Football Rep, I'm just going yeah. off. His rookie season, no awards. He only played in nine game, or 16 games, nine starts. Still almost had 1,000 yards. He's been a pro bowler in each of the four seasons since, but his only all-pro appearance was in 2022 when he was second-team all-pro behind Josh Jacobs last year. Remember, running back, they only take one guy. One guy, exactly. So, there's only two all-pro running backs all Whereas, year. Whereas... You know, at other defensive positions, there's two more each, than one. So there's, there's four total that make. Yes, it. that is that is a valid point. Otherwise, if there was four running backs that got picked, he would have been picked every year. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm gonna look up. Who anyway. do you think were the? Uh, I'm gonna look this up real quick. All pro teams in 2019. They're Henry. <laughs> so the running backs were McCaffrey and Henry. <laughs> That's right. All pro is only is both is not is not an AFC and an NFC. No, it's one and two. Yeah. In 2020, Derrick Henry. It was Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. In 2021. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon. Wow. Mixon. Yeah, Mixon had a good yeah, nice big year. year. Yeah. Like year last year was Chubb and uh Chubb and Josh Jacobs, excuse me. Yeah. All right, so we got a few minutes here. I'm gonna do a fast read yeah. and then I'm not sure if we're gonna enter the full segment. We'll we'll start, but we'll start it. I'll at least mention this again. We mentioned this earlier in the show. If you guys need Browns gear, Cavs gear, Guardians gear, but especially Browns gear for the upcoming season, there is no place you should rather be buying it than fanatics.com slash UCSS. They have the full arsenal, all the Browns gear you need, anything you need to look swaggy for the upcoming season. And if you buy it using the code fanatics.com slash UCSS, it's in the description of our YouTube videos. And Anthony will make sure he drops in the chat. We get a little kickback on it. We got our first report on how much we've made in the first month. And let's just say Browns fans, y'all have definitely been buying your Browns gear. We appreciate you guys and continue to buy your gear at fanatics.com slash UCSS. And Breaking news from Anthony, the championship belt is on Fanatics. So if you want to buy that Browns championship belt for 550 bucks, you hey, can buy it on Fanatics.com. You, you got to re, remind them what, what audience you're talking to. When they say the championship belt is on Fanatics, they're thinking about the one right here That's what I on thought. Studio. That's exactly and that what is I definitely thought. not for 550 This <laughs> yeah. is, this this boy right well, here it's not is. not for sale, though. No, it's not. What you yeah. talking about? I mean, it's got the, the Browns end. belt. By the way, we're about to get to a segment about fake trades. I've just in this moment, I was offered a blockbuster trade in my keeper league. <laughs> Tell us what was the tr- what is it? I've been offered Christian McCaffrey, okay, for Brandon Ayuk and Khalil Herbert. Why would you not take that? I'm about to say, why wouldn't you take because it? Because the only reason I would consider not taking it is because Christian McCaffrey's contract is fifty dollars. You got money on that? Oh man, cap's two hundred. That's too much. That's a he's making fifty. Where Khalil Herbert and Ayuk? Now I can't keep Khalil. I can only keep one out of the two between Ayuk and Herbert. I hope you keep Ayuk. And Ayuk's twelve bucks, but I have I already have uh, uh, Devontae Smith, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and uh, Calvin Ridley. So I don't really need Ayuk. So trade him. I'd keep McCaffrey. I'm getting, no, I, I take trade. I'm being offered McCaffrey. I take McCaffrey. I, think oh, gonna, I would. I would take McCaffrey. I think I might do Ooh, it. Heck yeah. I think I might do it. It's a lot I of thought money. you was going to say that in this very moment, you seen that the Colts tried to get Jalen Waddle for Jonathan that's, Taylor. But that, that tweet <laughs> was put out by that clown. I give him no credit. That is hilarious. Yeah, that, that was never going to happen. That is yeah, hilarious to hear. Him. <laughs> uh, let's see. There was also a report that the Packers tried to trade for Jonathan, which Taylor. made no sense either. That they still have Aaron Jones two good and AJ Dillon. Now Jones is going to be gone after this year, but there's no point in having three guys this I, year. That's weird. Unless that's that says they don't trust Jordan Love. I mean, that could be the ultimate insurance plan for Jordan Love. I don't know, man. I think Jordan M- Love might be decent this year. What do you guys I think? I, I think he's going to play well. I want to know if Kay York is coming back. There's no word on Kay York. All we've seen so far, and this is from Mary Kay, and I will continue to let you guys know as. Information comes out, but the Browns plan to add Michael Dunn and Mohurst back to the active roster after placing Jordan Kanastic and Alex Wright on the short-term IR. Mary Kay then tweeted the Browns also hope to sign, keyword, 
hope to sign Austin Watkins and Jalen Darden back to the practice squad, as well as Isaiah Thomas, Tommy Togiai, and Kellen Mond. If Cade York would be willing to come back, they would welcome him as well, unless he prefers a change of scenery. So no word on those official moves yet. I did see Brains, Brad Stainbook tweeted out that Harden or Darden, excuse me, is back, but I have not seen that from. Why did he bring yet, back Tommy so. Togiai? What is the point? Go Bucks! <laughs> because because he's a he's a, he's he's a draft pick. He's a he's sturdy. Because he because he he's he played he. He played for the Buckeyes. That's he, why he's sturdy. He's sturdy. He put him in there. He had a I, he had like a half a sack on the preseason. What's wrong tackle, with you? Piece of a joint. <laughs> that little piece of something. All right, we want to do the segment with fake trades. Look, we want to do one. Well, I have a fan submitted fake trade. Okay. Um, and I don't want to get into the rest because each one's going to take a few minutes. And as soon as Gene Smith, can we gets do them after Gene it. Smith? Do we have time? We'll see. How, we'll see how it goes on time. Okay. If not, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, or late this week because some of these are really fun. But I want to hear. Apparently, you and Earl got into a me big and Earl argument. got into a, a big beef this that. morning. Uh, I do have two super chats though, real quick. The first one's from Professor Chaos. All right. In regards to our Chubb versus Darius conversations, it's actually a really good question. If the Browns are ahead in a game this year in the fourth quarter, trying mm. to close out a close game. Or he doesn't say close, but trying to close out a game. Who's more important to that? Chubb. Crusade. Chubb yeah, or Zedarius? Chubb, and it ain't even close. Zedarius Smith is a very good, very important player. Yes. I will grant you I probably had him too low on my list. I would, If I had to do it again right now, I'd move him up a little higher. You have him. But to me, putting him ahead of Nick Chubb is just he's gonna, To me, he's going to have 13 sacks. Is, um, he above, is he below Elijah Moore? No, he's above Elijah Moore. Okay. I think I would put him ahead of Thornhill and Elijah Moore if I had to redo it. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Let's say he gets 13 sacks, as G just said he thinks he can. Yeah. Is a 13-sack defensive <coughs> end more important than a 1,400-yard running back? No. No. It's no? not just about the yards. Yeah, what, what are you no, no, I know. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just giving you stats. If, if these were the two Dude, scenarios. Chubb, if he get 23 sacks, Nick, yeah. Nick Chubb wears down a defense more than any, including Derrick Henry, Agreed. I think. More than Agreed. any back in football, and that's something you can't. And, 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 and think about this: put a stat on. If think about this, Deshaun Watson is going to get single coverage. They can't have <laughs> ninety-six guys in in, the, in in the passing route. They can't have ninety-seven DBs. If it, if it is a passing, if it is a running down, and they run play action, people will be wide open. And Deshaun Watson, it, 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 it just and what Stefanski does, he eliminates. Look, think what Baker was doing. He eliminates the tough throws with just the way he's going to approach. All right, here's a run game. Here's a right. play action. Now those tough throws where you got to throw a thirty yard comeback route where you don't have the arm strength, or yeah. you got to throw something in the back shoulder. Those are gone. Yeah. But the crazy part about it is, now you have a quarterback that can hit those throws. Well, let me ask you this. Okay, I know it's going to change based on the play, but in general, how many guys, like you got Nick Chubb, you got Deshaun Watson. Let's say Deshaun Watson is playing at Houston Texan level, okay? How many guys you got in the box in general? I'm going to go to Tybus. He, he, you played what in the What do you think? How many guys you played in the box? Seven. You no, six. no. With, with Deshaun, Houston, Watson. Houston, Watson. With Nick, but with, with, Nick with, Chubb. with Nick Chubb. Dang. That's a tough call, See? right? <laughs> it's got, at the, mo- at the minimum, six. Minimum six, but maybe seven. Yeah. If Jerome Ford is in the backfield, what are seven. you doing? Oh, five. We good. Five. I mean, <laughs> you five. think Deshaun Watson? Uh, I mean, we still going to go. It depends on what else is on the field. 
Of course. What's, it's gonna, it's what, gonna what's the person? What's the personnel? Uh, well, no, no team get. I like Jerome Ford personnel. is just a guy. Twelve personnel. Yeah. Uh, real quick. Oh, I'm yes. running. I'm running the four we'll three. We'll save I'm the fake trade for the fan for after our next guest. Uh, Ian Rapport did confirm the Packers were the mystery team in on Jonathan Taylor. So not just Stephen Holder reporting that, but Why? Ian Rapport now confirming that report. And Tyvis, do you want to do the honors and introduce our next guest joining the show? Yeah, ne- joining the show next is the. It's one of the best ADs in Ohio State history, man, and I can't believe that he is. This is like his uh, farewell tour of this mm. season, and it's, un- it's unfortunate, but I'm glad that he's going to really enjoy his retirement. We're going to miss you. Gene Smith, the, the current AD at Ohio State. Gene, what's going on, my man? You, brother, how's my hometown doing? You know, man, they missing you. Mr. You, you know, trying to do everything the right way, though. And uh, why? I just got to know what? How did you not tell me that you was <laughs> retiring? And I had literally just seen you like a week before, and you didn't even mention it at all. Yes. I didn't you ask know, because was- I didn't think. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the magic of that moment. You know, if you recall, everybody thought I was going to show up and uh, at the press conference and start talking about expansion that just occurred the week before. And. Mm-hmm. I threw a bomb on him. I shocked him. And, uh, that's what I wanted to do, man, I wanted to control the message, you know, mm-hmm. in life. That's uh, you want to control the narrative when you have that opportunity. So I didn't tell anybody. Um, the only ones that knew was my wife and my family, and and that was it, man. So had to control it, brother. Man, we gonna miss you. We gonna miss you, man. I can't believe that this is. <laughs> This is really coming to an end, man. You have been su- you made such an impact at Ohio State. I mean, just Thank being you. there all those years, controlling all of those sports. How did you manage to, like, not only show football love, but also go to volleyball games and field hockey matches and stuff like that? How did you manage to keep that all, just showing your face at all sports? Well, you know, Tyrus, that's, you know, that's my passion. It's the student athletes we serve and, you know, I'm fortunate, and you know my wife, Sheila, uh, she was uh, an athlete, uh, played for the Canadian Olympic team in 1976, and was a head coach at UNLV for a number of years, so athleticism is in her blood, and so it made it easier for me to be able to, to go to athletic events uh, like volleyball, synchronized swimming, and tennis, and all the other sports, uh, because both of us enjoy them, and uh, the student athletes that, that I serve, I want them to see that I care about them. And the way you do that is to show up. And so I've, I've tried to go to as many events as I could. Gene, did, have you seen this series of videos that Tyvis has done <laughs> where he's playing against athletes or the other sports? If you have seen them, like how, how do you think he's done? And he's done fencing, he's done basketball. <laughs> how would you grade his effort in these other sports? Mm. You know, I, I appreciate his passion, you know, and he's, he's from my hometown, so I know he, he has it in him that he's going to try anything. Yeah. The only issue I had was when he put those skates on. I don't know what you, <laughs> what you were thinking. I don't know. You know those aren't rollerblades. That's not like Listen, The thing is, I thought I handled myself really well. You know, I grew up learning how to rollerblade. So I rollerblade first. And, you know, if you ice skate, it's pretty much essentially the same thing. So I had no problem with the skating part. It was other things that I couldn't handle that was that <laughs> hockey's hard, man. Hockey, hockey is tough sport. 
<laughs> that puck moves fast, especially man. when you're competing against top level athletes. I mean, they're they're national champions, they're Olympians, man. That was that was brutal. <laughs> I I got a new respect for them all. Let's just say that. That's right. That's right. You you know, Gene. Um, I'm you know we gonna get down. I gotta get down to the business, man. You know, you on you on the way out. And, and you know what? You had a great career. You done did a, a lot of monumental things. But the most monumental things, because I know you was you had some dealings with this. I got to ask, why y'all do the Pac-12 like that? Y'all, <laughs> why y'all do them like that? Y'all did them. Did, listen, the first time you was here, it was UCLA and USC. You was like, oh, yeah, we, 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 we want to keep continuing to build the, you know, the, the process. I said, I like him. The next time you come on, you done snatched up Oregon and Washington. You in every major city moving. Tell us. Tell us the, the thought process behind that with the big, but with the Big Ten, and, and and do y'all have any more tricks up your sleeve? Well, you know, um, we really thought long and hard, and went through an unbelievable process, as you know, uh, with UCLA and USC. So that was well thought out, well planned, and it went well. The Oregon and Washington move kind of fell upon us. Uh, we did not anticipate that we would be adding them. And fortunately, um, obviously, when we did USC and UCLA, we studied Oregon and Washington. So our learning curve, when it actually came to us, uh, was not that high. Um, so it really happened to us fast. I believe it was a Wednesday night. We, uh, as athletic directors, we got a text from Tony Petiti, our, our our commissioner, and he shared that he needed to have a call with us the very next morning. And um, basically, TV came to the table. And they offered uh, Oregon and Washington uh, north of $30 million each to come into our league. So the, that was new monies. That was not dilutive to us relative to the deal that we had already cut with USC and UCLA and, and our television partners. So there was no pain to us from that point of view. Uh, so we were shocked. Um, and obviously, um, you know, you got two great brands. Um, it helps with the balance of the schedule um, in a big way. And, and so we, we made the move and was able to convince our presidents to, to move in that direction. And I think we're done. But, you know, what time is it? If you look at my text messages, but I think we're done. And, um, you know, I feel bad for Cal and Stanford and Washington State and Oregon State and and pray they find a home. But uh, right now, uh, I think we're set up for a little while. Gene, what do you say to the people who would say, okay, I get it, it's big business, football and basketball, a lot of money. But what about the, the kids who play, you know, the other sports, the volleyballs and, the, and, and all the travel that they have to go through? There's usually in those sports, I guess there's a lot of midweek games. I don't know. What's, what, what are you saying to the families? Because I'm sure they're – calling you the families of, the, of those right. student athletes what, what what's the answer for those other sports well, there's a couple of things you know I've always been transparent and just forthright with people let's be clear you know those sports exist because football generates the revenue to allow them to exist and so making sure that we optimize our revenue opportunities around football and particularly with our television partners uh, is significant uh, we need to make sure we continue to do that now as we build a framework uh, that's being built for travel with our student athletes, we're going to be sensitive to how many times they have to travel west and how many times those teams have to travel east. Uh, we're going to be sensitive to that. Now, keep in mind, a number of our Olympic sports already travel around the country. 
Mm -hmm. uh, frankly, they travel off out of this country. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, you know, many of our Olympic sport athletes are familiar with uh, the challenges around travel. But what we have to do is make sure we don't uh, make we, we mitigate uh, the, the travel issues that occur during the regular season. So we're going to focus on that and, and try and minimize any impact on our student athletes. Gene, you know, the football season is coming up. Obviously, you know, things yep. haven't been the best in the last couple of years. You know, when you look at this team, what do you see different about this year than the past years? And what's your expectation for them this season? Well, you know, it's uh, a lot of maturity and experience type. So you know what that means. Uh, we have a lot of players who played a lot of snaps and they're, they're back leading this team. And so I'm excited that we have great leadership. Uh, we have great maturity, and we, of course, have talent. Uh, the schedule is uh, in our favor in a lot of ways, uh, but I, I really, really uh, believe that that maturity and that, uh, that, that experience on the field will help us in the long run. We have to win championships. Uh, we haven't won that in two years, and we got to get back to that. That's who we are. Uh, even though our seasons have been successful, uh, we've won a lot of games. We've been in the CFP. But at the end of the day, we need to win championships. And uh, I know our players and, and our coaching staff and support staff are working hard to, towards that goal. But I just like these guys, man. They're, they're, they're really mature. And, and um, I mean, as you know, they're really talented in a lot of spots. Now, we got some puppies. It's got to get some snaps early. Um, you know, our left tackle and right tackle on the offensive side of the ball. And, of course, our quarterback, uh, Kyle McCord, who's been announced in and I'm sure Devin's going to play a lot. They got to get snaps, and uh, but fortunately around them, it's a lot, a lot of good players, and and then we got to get our defense back to playing like it was when you were playing. Yeah, uh, I feel right, it's going to get there. And when when you guys were on the field, I, you know, I I wasn't concerned. I knew our defense was going to win games for us, and uh, we got to get back to that point where we know our defense is going to win games for us. You know, uh, Gene, when you when you're in such a, a high profile position and, and it takes a, such a big requirement of your time, anytime I, I kind of compare that position to being a professional athlete, you you know, you know, you spend so much time cultivating relationships and being around people in the athletic department and and, and you know touching different people's lives. What you know, when you retire, it's going to leave a really big void. Um, where have you decided? Um, you're going to put your energy into? Are you going to put your resources in possibly coming back to Cleveland, doing something in, in the community in Columbus? Like, what, what, what's the next steps for you in your career? Because obviously you have a wealth of knowledge to share uh, and, and to, to give back with, to people in the community. Well, thank you. I, uh, my wife and I are going to sell our home here in, in Columbus, and uh, we're going to move to Arizona. Um, we have a, a daughter in Arizona with three grandkids. Uh, we have a daughter in San Diego with two grandkids. We have a son in Vancouver, Canada with two grandkids. And, and we do have a daughter in a National Harbor right outside of D.C. with one grandchild. And, you know, hopefully one day she migrates to the West. But uh, we're, we're largely West Coast centric with our family. And so uh, we're going to be out West. Now, I'm going to stay connected. Uh, to all the relationships that, that, from a business point of view, that matter, and then from a friendship point of view, now, I'm going to be able to slide back into the shoe every now and then, and, <laughs> and uh, be a man, you know, and scream at the officials and those type of things. But um, my mentors have told me to take the first six months and make no commitments. You know, offers are going to come to you, and 
Uh, so I'm going to do that. Uh, my wife and I have, I have some plans on things we want to do. So I'm going to do that in the first six months and, and then just, you know, see what things come at me. But I'm going to be available to a lot of my colleagues across the country as, uh, as they need advice, uh, particularly, uh, you know, whoever replaces me, if she or he needs advice, I'm going to be there for them. Gene, you played for Notre Dame, of course. Are you surprised or not surprised that all these years later that Notre Dame hasn't gone into a conference, or did you never think they would? You know, I, I always felt that it would never happen. Um, you know, I, I've always been a believer that they should be in a conference. Um, you know, it's not a money issue for them. Um, it's an opportunity for them uh, to be independent and, and promote the institution. But And I get that. I understand why they stay independent. But I kind of gravitate to the student-athlete experience. Uh, I lean to conference championships. I think they're so important. Um, you know, when, when Tyvis had an opportunity to win a conference championship, it was meaningful. There was celebration. It was outstanding experience. And they went through the gauntlet to win that, that championship. And then obviously when you win a national championship, that's another, another level. But Notre Dame student athletes don't have that uh, in football. Right. They have it in all the other sports, but they don't have it in football. Uh, so if they're not in the national championship hunt, they're out. And I just think that that's uh, uh, not fair to the student athletes. I, I understand their position. I, I embrace it um, for their reasoning. But I just kind of feel like every student athlete should have a chance to, to chase championships. And being in a conference gives you that. Gene, you played at the same time with Rudy. Obviously, everybody knows the story. It's a famous – I mean, I, I, somebody told me over the years that he wasn't as likable a guy as – as the movie made it out. I happen to this know, guy. and I don't know if you remember this guy, Gene. I don't know, but I happen to, there's a college football coach, he coaches in Division Three, and he was also <laughs> a walk-on at Notre Dame in those years. His name is Mike Kemp. Do you remember the name? By any oh, yeah, name? I remember Mike. Yeah. yeah, and I know I him. I knew him because he coached at Utica College a number of years ago, and I was doing play-by-play -play for them at the time. It's like 25 years ago, whatever. But anyway, I, you know, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. He said, you know, Rudy was a little bit of a pain in the ass. Is that true? Or, or what do you got to say about that? Well, you know, I have nothing bad to say about anybody. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I catch you on the way out. Political, all that. But I will tell you this, because I don't want to bust anybody's bubble with you know with Rudy's movie and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, it was embellished yeah. uh, to make it uh, a good movie. Uh, right. But a lot of it was true. A lot of it was true. Um, I will share this, that um, you know Rudy was one of those guys that on Thursdays, we always tapered down. You know, the Thursday's a lighter practice. And, you know, but Rudy didn't understand that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so that may be where a little bit of that reputation, come, rep, uh, reputation comes from because yeah. he was always full go. Yeah. And, you know, we were going at like 40% on Thursdays, man, and, you know, just catching blocks and those type of things. And so... Uh, that it may come from that a little bit, and yeah. and you know he had to fight hard. Uh, you know I have to give him credit. He did go to junior college. Yeah. Um, you know he did work out hard. Um, you know he did have to overcome 
and he probably pissed some people off along the way. I get that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was inspirational, uh, yeah. just like the movie represents. Um, so, you know, I, I get it. I get where Mike's coming from and others. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're another one, I have to say about anybody. That's good. That's good. That was a great answer. Go ahead, Mikey. From Rudy the walk-on to yeah. McNuggets the D3 walk-on. Yeah. Uh, Gene, I do have a question for you here. As I was doing some research getting ready for this interview, I saw two different articles reference you as QT, as a nickname you had back oh in the day, God. and I couldn't figure out where, why, how, what, what QT stands for, and from that reaction, if you can't tell us, by all means don't. I was just genuinely curious. Where does QT come from? I like your curiosity. It will remain that way. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my head like, oh, let me see what this thing is. Titus, do you know? Oh, yeah. so you tell us. I have I'm no idea. Curious. I have no idea. That's some good no, reason. Sounds like Barry from a long time ago. It is Barry, you know, and um, you know, I God bless um, you know, my one of my best friends ever, Ross Brown and my roommate, uh, God bless him, he passed away unfortunately, and and my other roommate, Al Hunter. Uh, in Seattle, Washington, had a stroke, and and um, you know he's he's hanging in there. Um, but you know the the three of us will will carry that with us. <laughs> I can only imagine. You know, some things are born born in the dorm room, and they ought to stay yep, in the dorm room. Yep, yep. That book ain't been written. By the way, Ross Browner was one of my favorite players when I was a kid because he played for the Bengals. Played for the Bengals yep. late seventies to the mid eighties, right? Right, yeah, he um, from Warren, yeah. Ohio. Warren, yeah. Ohio. We were good friends Player. in high school, and I was in high school. We became good friends and worked yeah. out together, and ultimately went to Notre Dame together, and and we're roommates there. And um, you know, we picked up Al. Al was a, a running back from North Carolina. He it's amazing. The only guy that I knew at that point in time, and he ran a nine three five one hundred yard <laughs> dash Sheesh. and lost. Damn. Lost to a guy by the name of Ivy Crockett, and. Um, uh, but he could actually, you know, if you're bored, you can pull up the uh, Alabama 73 national championship game. And he ran back a 99 yard touchdown Damn. in that game. The brother could fly. And, um, but yeah, those, those are my guys, man. Ross was, Ross was a good friend of mine. Gene, you know, now that I, now that the PAC 12 is kind of going away, how is that going to affect the CFP now? Because I know they had the you know conference champions get the first round by, but if they're not, if the Pac-12 doesn't exist, how does that affect that? And is those rules going to be changed? Yeah, Tyrus, I think our commissioners are having that conversation now. Uh, the CFP is managed by the ten commissioners and the athletic director at Notre Dame, and so uh, they have meetings. Uh, actually, I believe today, August thirtieth. Uh, where they're discussing uh, the, the current format that's been proposed and if some modifications need to occur. So I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Um, you know, I am a proponent. I believe uh, that we need to be a, a minimum of 12. Um, I do believe that uh, our, our autonomy or power five champions should have uh, automatics. Um, and, but I'm open to learn and be curious about other ideas uh, that may emerge through those discussions, but uh, so I'm not sure how it's going to play out. Uh, but I know that they're they're talking about the format now, and, and who knows, it may expand it to more than 12, um, which I'm still I'd be curious about uh, what that might look like. But I, I certainly believe uh, uh, that modifications have to occur. 
Uh, Gene, I, I want to let, let me just be frank. You just asked you this question. Um, in, in, in this new landscape, why, why do you guys still need the NCAA? Um, when you look at the Big Ten and you look at the SEC, I mean, you look at the model, it just seems like the, the old NCAA oversight is antiquated. NIL is there now. It's going to be a move pretty soon here where people are going to make them step and just say, well, look, hey, we might as well play all of our players and, and, and make it a business decision. And at that point, would you even really need the NCAA to kind of still be in the role of, as the administrator? Yeah, I think, you know, that's a great question. I do believe we need a new model, a, a new governance model. I've been public with my uh, comments that football uh, should be underneath one umbrella and that uh, it needs a governing body that, that manages all of college football and differently than, than it is right now. It's a splinter to some degree. Um, but uh, I do believe we need an overarching uh, governance body uh, for all the Division One. Remember, there's 271 Division One schools. So there's great diversity among those schools and uh, holding championships and and uh, making sure that we uh, have legislation in place to, to manage all those things uh, is important. Now, should the NCAA be structured the way it is? In my view, no. Um, it, it needs to modify. But uh, so it has a place, but different than what we're what we're used to. Uh, so um, I believe that's going to happen to us uh, somewhere down the road. Uh, we'll either do it ourselves or or they will do it themselves, or the reality is uh, someone will do it for us. And I, I, I believe uh, that a new structure needs to emerge. Gene, we so much appreciate your time. Best of luck if we don't speak to you before your retirement. Thank you. Appreciate you. No, thank you. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, it's a blessing to have this opportunity to be on the show and keep up the good work. Uh, love everything you're doing and love uh, all the opinions that you guys uh, share and and uh, the people that you host. So thank you so much, and take care of my man, Titus. Always. <laughs> Always. Go appreciate you. Thanks, Gene. <laughs> Great Gene take Smith. care. Great to chat with him. Uh, is it time for my victory lap? I got to do a fast read, then uh, yes, you can take your victory lap. I have to get a couple things in here first. And then, uh, Steve, just have your have your hand ready on both mic. If he gets too exuberant, lap. we'll just cut his mic in the middle. But <laughs> I got one more fast read today, and this is to remind all the good people out there that once a week, sometimes twice a week, depending on the situation, myself, Anthony, and Earl get together for a little behind-the-glass live stream on our YouTube channel. Yesterday was reaction to the cuts the Browns made. At the 4 p.m. deadline, did over 10,000 views again, so shout out to everyone out there who tuned in. We appreciate you guys for having fun with us. We had fun. We almost made Anthony cry at the end, so if you want to see Anthony almost cry, <laughs> scroll to the very end. It is well worth your time. Anthony got so choked up by the kind words that he was almost about to cry. It was serious. And then he texted us after. It was real sweet. We love you, Anthony. Okay, so before you take your victory lap, yeah. Paul, I have to just say one thing. This is from yeah. Mary Kay. What is this victory lap? No one on the Browns. None of their cuts are picked up on waivers. Oh. None of them, oh. including Cade York. Mary Kay says they're I in the process said that yesterday. of signing some of them back. Uh, Brad Stainbrook reported that Austin Watkins is going to re-sign with the Browns. The Browns practice squad. So, Bull, the floor is yours. And okay. Steve, please be ready to cut. In the last week, over the top. Mikey McNuggets laughed when I said Austin Watkins would not get claimed. G. Bush said he was the next great wide receiver. And oh, I, think, I knew he wasn't going to be And I think claimed. Earl said he was the second best receiver on the Browns. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I was waiting for Earl to shot, shoot back in. We, we let you get your money off. <laughs> I knew he wasn't going to I'm get exaggerating, clients. of course. But Austin Watkins, like I said, he's a guy on the practice squad. Nobody was, take, nobody was dying to get him on a roster, and that's exactly what happened. Everybody thinks, and this is not just Browns fans, every fan base in America thinks the guy that stood out for them in the preseason is some great player that everybody wants. And most cases, he's not. How many players were actually claimed on waivers? The Browns did claim a DB. Yeah, yes, they did. A DB from the Chiefs I had never heard of. Yeah, never heard of the guy. Do you know how many players were claimed total? Uh, I can look. If you let me count, I'll count. Yeah, but anyway, the point is, and Jason yesterday saying Cade York was going to get claimed on waivers. Jason, Who said that? Jason said that. <laughs> Jason's usually on point. Uh, with stuff, he's hilarious. He lost in the soup. He thinks somebody... If I have to hear one more time from Jason or, or Jay about how great a leg Cade York has, I'm going to throw up all over my own leg. And I've done that before on this show. So Austin Watkins is back. That's good. There was no need to panic because, unfortunately, yeah. he's just a guy. I mean, he 23 could... players were claimed via waivers. 23 out of 500 players. So nobody's. You know, going bananas. Any names of note of the 23? No. Uh, I mean, depends on what you count of note. Yeah. You want to just read the names real quick? Yeah. Tristan Colon. Ever heard of him? <laughs> that should have been one of the made-up names. You Tristan know what? Colon. We're not even going to be real good about not yeah. being silly guys today. These are, these are all real. I'm going to read these quick. These are all legitimate real names. None of these are made up. Yeah. Tristan Colon, Elijah Higgins, Keith Ishmael, I-L-M Manning. Ilm Manning. Ilm? I-L-M. Okay. Uh, Starling Thomas. Kayvon Wallace. I've heard of Kayvon Wallace. Claudin Chirillis. Deshaun Jameson. Calvin Throckmorton. That would have been a good made-up name, oh, but it's yeah. real. Quindell Johnson. Khalid Kareem. Khalif Halasesi. Is that the guy that Browns Yeah, that's the guy the Browns got. You heard of him, Divas? Who? Kalef. Kalel Halasesi? It's H-A-I-L-A-S-S-I-E. He's a quarterback that Divas How long he been in the league? Probably not long. Less than three years. He was on waivers. He was with the Chiefs. You have Zane Anderson, Ben Sims, Alex Austin, Nick Broker, Ryan Haynes, Isaiah Land, Josh Sills, Darius Rush, Tanner Muse, Caillou Blue Kelly, Drake Thomas, and Kendall Victor. Those are the 23 names okay. picked up. Real quick. Never heard of a single guy there. Earl, what's up? Earl. Hey, put that camera on me, Steve. Ooh. Oh! So, so me and Ant got a couple of demands. Earl's got the shades. We got a couple of demands. You want us to show up to work on time? I need a bigger desk, and my man needs to be mentioned in every social media post that we post for now, from here on out. Yeah, why does Anthony get left out of the social media post there? Anthony was tagged. He was in that. No, but what wasn't there something where like you didn't? He wasn't tagged in that first tweet about your your podcast yesterday. Oh yeah, there's some weird. Th- Anthony, oh. you can explain it. Yeah, it doesn't let my account be tagged in pictures. I don't know why. That's strange. So how late were Earl and Anthony to work today? So we talked about it yesterday. 
after the show, they I was off. They both got cocky, right? After the show, I was off. They did a great <laughs> job producing. I come back in the next day. Neither showed up till 8.30. Neither told me they were showing up late. They came in a little It's okay. Today's different. So today, we had a great show Monday. Yeah. Big numbers. Both were a few minutes late on Tuesday. No big deal. Another great show yesterday. Would have been our highest viewed show ever if Monday didn't exist. Yeah. Earl tells me last night. Earl has an excuse lateness here. He goes, hey. I believe it was your daughter's first day of school. Yes, yeah, my youngest daughter's first day. And he wanted to take her. Excused absence. Well, but you didn't say that in your video. Well, I'll get to it. Hold okay. on. Anthony texts me at like 7.50. He goes, yo, bro, my stomach feels like crap. I'm going to be late. Like 7.30. You know what? Anthony maybe shouldn't have come to work because. No, he brought cookies, so I'm glad he came. We got some cookies? Here, here's the thing, boy. Boy, here's the thing. I've been here a year, right? Yeah. And I feel like that I moved in with my girlfriend, but all I got was a drawer. That's what I feel like. What? That all I got was a drawer. I just want a bigger oh, he, desk, man. I can't even put desk. my mouse all you and my computer a- on the desk at the same time. I got to pick which one. I'll be all on my leg. I, I'm with using Earl my mouse. It's ridiculous. I we am with Earl. New- people did make a big thing about Earl. Uh, by the way, people tweeted at me like it's my fault Earl didn't get a good by desk. By the record, Anthony, <laughs> Anthony's desk is smaller than Earl. Yeah, yeah I have the, the smallest the desk in the office, by the way. So they felt like by the, the fault. Because Earl is man enough to argue with me, so I like argue. I love to argue, and Earl enjoys arguing, too. Clearly. So, clearly. You, and, you and Jay go at it all. Yeah. yeah. So clearly the desk and I'm was never your fault. Desk I'm, and I'm never my fault. Anthony oh. has the smallest desk of all three of us. So why did people think Earl's desk was smaller? It must have been the angle. Earl has the bean-shaped desk. It's literally called a bean desk. Don't ask me why, but it's yeah. shaped like a black bean. Anthony's is smaller, but it's like Why well, you got to make it racist, Mike? And there's no lights back there. <laughs> it's a lima bean. Sorry, it's, a kidney it's, bean. It's dark as hell back there, too. It's like a cave, bro. I want to know. Uh, we do have, real quick, time. We have a fake trade, fake trade from a fan. All right, we'll do the rest of them we'll tomorrow, We'll do the rest maybe. of them tomorrow or Friday. That's too bad that Tyvis won't fake be Fake trade. I know. I wanted Tyvis here for Can't that. Can't we have Tyvis in on Friday? You no, can't we don't have Tyvis has to fly to West Lafayette Excuse on Friday. Excuse me, fancy guy. Big Ten Saturday Network debut. Right. Tyvis will oh, be yeah, watching we'll you tune in 10 to right, 12. Fake trade. This is from name unknown, but it was a super chat. Okay. Uh, there's no name on this. Nick Chubb for TJ Watt straight up. I take it. <laughs> well, I no take duh it. you would if you're the Browns. As I, much as it pains me, I have to do it. That's crazy. <laughs> take it. That's crazy. I, I would Obviously, take that would never happen. Miles and TJ. But, yes. And they play different stuff. If I had to do it as yeah. much. I'm sorry, Nick. He gone. You, 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 meant, you came up with, like, one of the few trades that I would have to insult my favorite Browns player of all time. Nick Chubb is my all-time favorite Browns player. I didn't player. make it up. You know that was from Unnamed Super Chat. That's your favorite. You know He's who my, my all-time favorite Browns player. You know who player. mine is? Who? Denzel Ward. Go Bucks. That's terrible. Tyvis, what do you think about him playing in the last preseason game? Loved it. He needed to rest. Exactly. Go Bucks. He got a concussion. Is he going to play week one? I hope so. If, we, <laughs> if, if Denzel isn't playing, we'll it's a long season. Time. We're Go talking Bucks. Ronald Acuna and what should happen to fans in No overtime. fan questions? Shout out to Kurt Cole. Oh, it's Wednesday. That's right. We're going to do If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.